how can socially conscious people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system that currently favors big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to a system that looks out for us average American citizens without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. So without using politicians or regulations, uh, this is a key component to the, the question I just asked. Um, and why do I include that? Well, um, a number of reasons. And let's start off with a Gallup poll that was released in 2020 that uh, tracked, that asked uh, average Americans uh, the honesty and ethical standards of various careers. And at the very bottom of the list were members of Congress. Last place, 63% of respondents uh, gave the rating low or very low when asked about the honesty and ethical uh, standards. Now that's horrible, 63%. Um, but that very same year in 2020, Small donors, donors that gave less than $200, gave $1.8 billion to congressional campaigns by itself. This doesn't include presidential, state, or local elections, just congressional campaigns. All right, here's the kicker. Uh, a study by Princeton and Northwestern Universities called Testing Theories of American Politics elites, interest groups, and average citizens found that us average Americans have a statistically non-significant impact on determining public policy. So our vote counts when it, 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 it uh, you know, for who gets elected, but when it comes to which laws get passed, it appears that our vote doesn't count. Uh, obviously, this is a huge problem. In, in the study, they found that when us average Americans want a, a law passed, it passes 30% of the time. When we don't want a law passed, it doesn't pass 30% of the time. Now, let's compare that to uh, corporations and the super rich. In this very same study, they found that when uh, you know corporations and the super rich want a law passed, it, it passes over 50% of the time. And when they don't want a law passed, it doesn't pass over 70% of the time. So you can see that there's this uh, huge um, difference between influence of us average American citizens and the corporations and the super rich. Uh, it appears that when they want law passed, when they want our, their, their, our democracy to work, well, they have influence and we don't. A, stati a statistically non-significant impact. Okay, um, now here's another problem. So we say, okay, let's let's vote out these politicians that aren't listening to us. Well, we can and we do, but according to OpenSecrets.org, there are currently 460 former members of Congress that are either lobbyists or senior advisors for lobbying firms that go on to advocate for, guess what? Corporations and the super rich. Okay, 
this is uh, this is a big problem here. Um, and on top of that, uh, there's uh, a constantly, uh, you know, these government shutdowns, um, blaming uh, that's going on. Uh, they're they're pitting us average American citizens against each other with uh, this divisive nature, so they can get more money for their reelection campaigns. You know, it's 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 horrible, and it's just it's kind of you know ugly to watch. You know, I, I don't enjoy watching any of the the the, the political process at all. I, I just don't have any confidence in it at all. What I do have confidence in, I, I, I believe in I believe in myself, and I believe in the American people, and. We have the tools now to solve our own problems. We don't need to rely on our political process anymore. Now, I, I, I discovered something called a market-based approach. Now, this is contrary to uh, the political approach, where which most people look to to solve our problems. You know, we say, "Oh, we need to do something," uh, and oftentimes things get, do get done. Uh, but there are unintended consequences to regulations. And I've talked about this, uh, about how, um, you know, big banks get regulated. And the reason why big banks get regulated is because they're under this immense pr uh, pressure to increase their profits every quarter. And because of this pressure, they oftentimes cut corners and defraud uh, the, the American public. And of course, that can't happen. We, we can't have our banks defrauding us. So they get regulated. But then it becomes even more expensive for them to operate. And they have to do other things like um, offer toxic securities or uh, just, just investor uh, abuses, which lead to more regulations, which which lead to uh, higher expenses for big banks, which may it puts them under more pressure to, to increase their profits. And so there's this cycle that just goes on and on and on. Okay, that's our, our, our political approach. Uh, there is something different, a market-based approach. And um, it really, I, I, an easy way to describe the effectiveness of a market-based approach um, is uh, I, I was reading this book called uh, Democratizing Finance by Clifford Rosenthal. And he was he is a leader in community development uh, financial institutions, specifically community development credit unions. And in the 1960s, he was on the front line of the war on poverty. And uh, he was helping, uh, you know, establish credit unions in uh, underserved uh, areas, you know, areas that were uh, redlined uh, and, um, you know, the disenfranchised, offering them banking services. And the problem was, was that the government was subsidizing the operating uh, expenses of these financial institutions. And when, um, you know, and, and we were spending a lot of money, billions of dollars on the war on poverty. And when it wasn't working, uh, and, and, you know, the, the public, the American public was like, you know what, we can't, it doesn't work. Throwing money at the problem isn't working. 
Um, so we got to stop. And that's what happened. Uh, funding dried up and all these credit unions went under and, you know, we were back to square one again, uh, where, where people living in these communities didn't have any banking uh, resources. So Clifford Rosenthal, along with the other survivors of the war on poverty, um, decided to do a market-based approach. And they built up these credit unions and uh, community development banks and, and community development loan funds in a way that it would be self-sustaining. Uh, they got investments from largely the faith-based community um, the, and it's interfaith, uh, it, it, it's not one particular faith and they, they, uh, the, these faith-based investors put money into, uh, in the form of deposits into these credit unions, which allowed them to grow and, and they grew. So in the seventies and eighties, it, it slowly rebuilt, uh, this, this community development, financial institutions, these credit unions, they, they started to pop up in these under served areas. And it, it became uh, apparent that uh, we can have, uh, we can fix our, our, our broken financial system um, with uh, this market-based approach. It was so successful that in the 90s, uh, community development financial institutions got a federal designation. And in 1994, the Community Development Financial Institution Act was passed, uh, giving uh, cash awards to institutions that were already self-sustaining. So it, it wasn't going to go towards operating costs. So if this, this fund, you know, you know, if, uh, political winds shift, uh, these institutions won't go belly up. Um, it, it just gives it a cash injection to provide, uh, more services and to, to provide more loans and to, help serve these communities e even better. It's, it's like a, uh, uh, you know, a boost, uh, of sorts. And, and so when I was reading this, I was like, man, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, on top of that, there's a whole social enterprise movement, uh, and a, a social enterprise are organizations that are designed to use business strategies to solve social problems. Uh, okay, on top of that, there is a huge impact investment movement, which is um, uh, investing uh, to generate not only a financial return, but uh, positive, measurable social or environmental uh, impact. So you have uh, impact investing happening. On top of that, there are something called uh, certified B corporations, which have a legal requirement, uh, which they've amended in uh, 42 different states, allowing them to um, not have this pressure to constantly uh, increase their profits. They, they are legally allowed to take a look at the impact that is happening to uh, all stakeholders. Uh, now, a, a stakeholder is anyone that has uh, an interest in the success of a business. So it could be the company's employees, uh, customers, vendors, suppliers, investors, and shareholders, 
the community that a company serves, the environment that the company operates in, all of these are stakeholders. And so uh, certified B Corps uh, do that. Um, and they've even created this, the, the people who started the, the, the B Corp movement even uh, created a new um, a corporate entity called a uh, public benefit corporation. Uh, so, so there, there's this, this, this shift that's already taking place. This, that's a market-based approach, and it, it's a way to uh, solve our, our our own problems without using politicians. There's no, there's no resistance to it. Um, the CDFI Act in 1994 that I talked about, it passed unanimously in the Senate, and. I, there was something like 14 no's in that in the house. So I mean that's unheard of uh, today. And even recently, changing these these laws uh, in the, the certified B Corp movement um, that had you know 90 percent approval rating from both sides of the aisle. So this market based approach, you know, who's who would stand against that? Uh, it doesn't cost the taxpayers anything. You know, it it helps. Uh, our, our communities, they're, they're solving real problems that are, that are out there. And it, it, it's a way how we can um, fix our, 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 not just our financial systems, but other systems as well. And uh, that's, that's why I started my own firm uh, because of, of, of uh, a crowd investing approach to um redistribute wealth from big banks, traditional corporations and the super rich to average American citizens through crowd investing. So the, the money that uh, people get uh, received from crowd investing would have gone to big banks, traditional corporations and the super rich because uh, they had the lockdown on the private market of investments, which was, well, which is where foundational wealth uh, happens. It, it's where you get on the ground floor of investments. It's where uh, structures, corporate structures, are are created, and and this is a way to to get every average American uh, the opportunity to have a say in how our corporate structures are are set up. Um, so it it not only redistributes wealth, it redistributes power as well. Uh, through crowd investing and through this market-based approach. So um, that's that's all I'm going to be talking about for, for today. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too.